Hello, Lions Nation. This is Ray DeLucci with Lions Clouds Podcast. Hope everyone is staying well. Hope you all are staying safe. And yeah, uh, before we start the podcast this week, just a couple of things. First off is that this year for our running fundraiser, the Lions Clouds running fundraiser, I'll be running to support the work of Chef Jose Andres and World Central Kitchen. So for the month of October, October 1st to 31st, myself and members of the Lions Clouds Nation will be running 40 miles to honor the 40 million meals served in COVID relief uh, by World Central Kitchen. So if you'd like to join our running team and help raise funds and awareness for them, please email me at linecookthoughts at outlook.com. That's linecookthoughts at outlook.com or DM me on Instagram at linecookthoughts. And this will be to support and raise funds and awareness for World Central Kitchen. The work that they've done through the pandemic has just been astounding. The work they continue to do, and I'm sure they will keep doing moving forward, is much needed. And I just wanted support in some way. So running 40 miles to, to honor the 40 million meals they've served for COVID-19 relief, October 1st to 31st, email me or send me an Instagram DM. Also, I have started a YouTube channel. Uh, this podcast will be the second episode on that channel. If you would like to you know, see the, inter- the interviews in terms of video and see me interact with my guests today, feel free to go to the YouTube channel, uh, Line Cook Thoughts, where you'll find this, uh, you know, the video started. And it's my goal to put up every interview um, from now on to have that separate piece of content Obviously, a lot of people enjoy watching YouTube and watching interviews on there. I know I enjoy it myself. So excited to have that out there and just go check it out. I'll also put a link to it in the description of this episode. Lastly, if you're listening on Apple, please leave a review. It helps me get more exposure and helps me get better at what I do on the podcast. So thank you all so much for checking all that out. Definitely a lot of stuff going on in my world and excited for my guest today. My guest today is Ashton M. Garrett. And Ashton and I have just have a great conversation. Um, really excited for you all to hear it. Just a little bit about him is he's a senior culinary arts manager at Marriott International. He's the ACF Young Chefs Club National President, the WACS Young Chefs Ambassador. And also, he was the winner of Food Network Guys Grocery Games Season 23, Episode, um, episode 9, America's Next Chef. And he is a food sustainability advocate. And he also runs uh, the YouTube channel Beyond the Plate. You can check out his YouTube channel. Um, his name is Ashton M. Garrett on YouTube. And um, I'm just really excited for you all to hear you know, his work um, Beyond the Plate. He's got a lot of great videos. I'm going to leave a link in the description so you can go check it out. And what we kind of talk about today is uh, the process of Ashton's career so far. He shares you know, kind of why he got into cooking. He shares about his travels and studies abroad. And then we kind of get into... Uh, the route he he took post-college. And it's actually a route that I took similarly. Instead of, you know, going to work the line, he decided to go into a management position. So we talk about that, how that's, you know, how he's working through that. We talk about the state of the industry. We talk about, you know, just as young professionals in food, how we're trying to build our careers and try, trying to just move forward. So if you're hungry, if you're, you know, wondering kind of what the next few years of food will be, you know, be like, or if you're just trying to build your career right now, like we are, I think this would be a really good episode for you to listen to. I had a lot of fun talking to Ashton. We talk about a lot of great topics and yeah, I just think it's a really cool episode for anyone right now who is, you know, in their career and just wanting to keep that spark going and trying to build and taste new things. So just want to say thank you to Ashton for coming on the show. Such a pleasure to talk to him. And here we go. Uh, thanks okay. for coming on. Um, if you just want to start off by introducing yourself uh, and giving like a little background, I think that'd be great. For sure. Yeah. Uh, so my name is Ashton Garrett. Uh, I'm living in Cleveland, Ohio right now. I serve as the senior culinary arts manager at uh, Marriott International. Um, so like that entails anything on a, on a management side. Um, so I've been cooking since 
I'm sorry, cooking professionally since I was 14, but I've always had a pair of tongs in my hand and a wooden spoon in my other hand since I was three years old. So I kind of just always started since I was a child and always stuck with it. And uh, 20 years later, I'm the product of that creation and I've just always been cooking. So that's kind of my my uh, my summary of a backstory. Nice. Awesome. Um, and so I guess, you know, you mentioned tongs in your hand. So I guess what was that first time you were really interested in food? Ray, to be honest with you, man, um, my first beginning experience was with a easy bake oven okay when i was like i said when i was three years old so my parents surprised me on christmas and bought me an easy bake oven and i i remember vividly actually just playing with it hours on in you know making brownies and pastries and different assortments of cookies and really just becoming encapsulated with the creation you know side. Yeah. so that that's kind of leading into the next talking point if you will uh i wanted to start into bakery Baking. I love baking and pastry. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And actually, I was going to go down to school, Johnson & Wales University, for baking and pastry. Okay. Um, it wasn't until in my high school, my high school had a, like a, a vocational program, yeah. a pre-college uh, vocational program. And uh, it was culinary, uh, food-based, food management-based. And I got into that. And uh, it completely changed my perspective for food, you know. And uh, I not only did I grow a newfound um, appreciation for bacon and pastry in terms of patience, you know, mm -hmm. and, and attention to detail. I also exposed myself to uh, the culinary side and um, the savory side, right? And uh, just really the excitement of working with seasonings and uh, how to do different techniques. So that kind of led into me becoming, you know, a savory chef, if you will. But still, you know, my, my heart is always into bacon and pastry, those uh, <laughs> those sweets. So the easy bake oven was definitely, you know, a childhood classic. So easy bake oven oh my gosh i oh wow it definitely was yeah i hope it's still in circulation today you don't really see it a lot but i hope it is i'm sure i mean i don't know there's so many new trends now with like tiktok and all that so i feel exactly. like i feel like you know back then it was like easy bake oven was like an introdu introduction into cooking and now you have social media and you don't really like you can just go ahead and make these simple recipes off of that so um exactly you know it's definitely interesting so you know like I said, we, we connected on LinkedIn. Uh, I've been following your work for some time and just kind of seeing how you've been moving. And so what is it, you know, how kind of walk me through, we don't have to go through every single thing in your career, mm -hmm. but more so kind of what has led you up to, you know, being a manager at Marriott, being involved with the ACF, kind of how did you get into all that? Certainly, man. So um, my my story, you know, much, much not much different, I should say, than than any other, you know, chef, if you will. We all had different different paths. That's kind of what makes it great. Uh, so I, like I said, um, if we're talking about just early career, uh, went down to Johnson Wills University, in North Miami, Florida. Mm -hmm. I studied, you know, culinary arts and hospitality management. But prior to that, um, I was in high school, right, and uh, I was with the NRAEF, the DECA, Pro Starts, things like that. You know, that exposure. Yeah. And this kind of rate, you know, from a very young age. That I think that exposure is crucial, you know, and it's something that I'm near and dear, excuse me, that's near and dear to my heart is exposing and bringing along the younger generation and the, and the people after me, right? Yeah. And exposing them to the ACF, to DECA, to Pro Start, you know, things like that, because they, they were so integral to my development and they still are to this day. So before that, right, like I said, getting into those programs was essential, getting into those organizations, not just from an educational standpoint, but from a networking standpoint. I'm sure that you can attest mm -hmm. that, you know, the culinary industry, the hospitality industry in general is such like a brotherhood and sisterhood. You know, a lot of people know a lot of people. So all it really takes is one referral or networking, you know, um, convention or um, not even that, just connection, if you will, you know, and, uh, you know, you're, you're already on, you're on your way. So the cooking is universal. You know, yeah. if you 
If you peel an onion in Washington, you're going to peel the same onion in Spain and you're going to peel the same onion in Australia. Now, the technique might be different, but, you know, the overall methodology is still the same. So, like, learning that early on was, was very integral. But uh, more to your question, like I said, went down to Johnson Williams University, North Miami, Florida, graduated um, after two years. Then I took a study abroad to Italy in uh, Paris, France, did that for about three to four months. Absolutely great experience. Loved everything about it. Let's um, talk that about was, that real quick. Uh, love to hear sure. about yeah, the study yeah. abroad because I know you mentioned before we got on the call, you're heading back out to Italy in a little bit. What was it like Sorry. for you to go and see uh, another? Like, I've never gotten to leave the States. Uh, hopefully, okay. within the next few years, we'll be able to. So, what was it like for you to kind of leave and go see another food culture in their country and kind of be in the experience where it was like probably totally different than what you've known? you just hit it right on the head, man. Like just, you know, the totally different aspect, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding, um, understanding and knowing are two different things, you know, because you can know someone's culture, like reading a book or watching a movie, um, but actually understanding it and being involved in their culture on an everyday basis and understanding, you know, that you have to be accustomed to their ways and you have to know, you have to understand their ways. So, so like for doing, doing things like, uh, so tipping, tipping Mm -hmm. is, without a doubt something that you don't do you know mm. over there right well okay. in the u.s it's kind of you know, a, a, a no-brainer if you will um but tipping you know because i don't think they necessarily and i don't want to speak out of, out of turn but i don't think they take it as disrespect but it's it's to the point like almost to that degree yeah. so learning things like that right and um just being in, in like i say encapsulated in that energy um eating fresh pasta every day you know <laughs> things like that you know and just not taking it for granted I think uh, there's often a misconception from a cultural standpoint that we're we're so um, because food is readily accessible here in America in, in any given season. Yeah. And that's something that I learned without question that, you know, you have to eat in season over there. You have to. And they, they take it as a sign of appreciation to the ingredients that you do. And uh, also creativity to the chef. Mm-hmm. You know, it it, uh, it shows the chef's creativity, imagination, innovation, you know, to cook with things that are within his or her area. And uh, to use it, you know, to exploit the ingredients to the best of their ability. Uh, so Italy was just a tremendous experience. Like I said, you know, flying over there, the people that I was with, the study abroad team, um, the hospitality was just tremendous. And being able to go into so many different cities and learn so much, you know, Rome, how it was literally <laughs> built and go and see the Colosseum. And uh, it, it hits you, right? You know, you, you hit a corner on the street and you turn around and it's, it's right there. You yeah. know? It's like, wow, that's the Colosseum. And the only time I've, I've ever seen that, like I said, has been in movies or in books. So, um, you know, different experiences like that. And I've actually been blessed and fortunate to be in Italy three times. Actually. Oh, wow. And I'm, nice. Like I said, I'm, I'm going back for my fourth time. So uh, it, it's just every single... Every single trip, every single experience, you learn something new. You learn something different. Uh, you, like I said, you meet up with different people, uh, and I think that's the the great ability of our of our industry that allows you. You know, because um, I often say this that food knows excuse me, food knows no discrimination. You know, it knows no gender, it knows no race, ethnicity, whatever. Um, it, it truly knows to be enjoyed, and it doesn't matter. You know, who's cooking it? It could be a three year old, a thirty year old, an eighty year old. You know, as long as those ingredients and flavors, and you do it with love, and you, you know, there's there's a passion, a purpose behind it. Um, and I think that's what the driving emphasis, especially for you know our generation, is trying to get to. So Italy was a tremendous experience, uh, a big culture booster for me. And uh, you know, as you can see, going back multiple times you know it has, has just been amazing yeah no i mean what you you know what you just said about food and kind of being that great connector that you know wherever you go food is, has that ability to be something that you can all like yeah you can connect with someone through even though you might they might be a total stranger exactly um, what 
So, like, obviously, you know, and then you talked about, like, seasonal cooking, seasonality. When you came back after those trips, uh, what was it like to come back and kind of see how we eat as a country or kind of how we eat as a culture, as a society? Were you disappointed? Were you like, all right, no, like, I get both sides or kind of what was your opinion or attitude when you came back? It was um, a good question. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I wasn't saying I I wouldn't say necessarily disappointed, you know, to be honest with you, you know, um, America has their own structure in terms of how they do agriculture and how they do food and how that correlates with the whole, um, you know, restaurant system, if you will, um, because, you know, there's we're expansive. Yeah, we have and and, uh, capitalism and marketing kind of run this this country in in a sense. So a lot of it um, deals with moving food and understanding the value of food, you know, whether you grow it or it's, it's international, domestic, whatever the case may be. Yep. Like I said, you know, over there, you know, Ray, if, if the farm or the producers or the market isn't within, they use kilometers, but if, you know, just for miles perspective, if it isn't within probably five to 10 miles, they're not going to go very far to go get it, you know, or they're not going to have somebody to come get it. You know, you, you, you eat what you, what you know. And uh, in the regions, you know, I was in Tuscany for the most, for the, uh, the latter part of the study abroad, uh, for the majority of the study abroad, I should say, for a couple months. And I don't think that there was really, um, you know, it's a heavy, in, heavily influenced on bread and potatoes. That's yeah. what's grown there, you know, in the northern region of Italy. You know, in the southern regions, then you have your pastas, more tomato-based and things like that. Yeah. So, you know, learning that and, and differentiating, okay, like, wow, this is difference in regions. I think with the U.S., um, we're so expansive and there's so many different tiers in terms of agriculture and different terms of tiers in terms of um, how food is. Uh, I guess I wasn't disappointed. You know, this has kind of been a structure for a while. I think it needs to be reconstructed. I think there's great opportunity for mm-hmm. that, and especially in terms of a new uh, nutritional balance and also equity, equity in different communities. You know, those that have um, a higher part of disparity in terms of food deserts and, and not readily accessible, you know, great foods, if you will, fruits and vegetables. Yeah. I think there's, there's great opportunity to capitalize on that. But on the back end, you know, it, it, everybody's got to eat, you know, not, not too many people know how to cook. And, and uh, just from that, that was another perspective I learned, too, you know, in, in uh, growing in Europe, a lot of people know how to cook, you know, yeah. even if it's the basic level, you know, and, and they know how to cook with the ingredients that they have on hand. And that's really a generational thing that's taught down and, and continued to whether it's, you know, uh, from an ethnic cooking or cultural standpoint. You know, so I, I think that that um, and learning that helped me a lot, too. Awesome. You did the study abroad. I didn't mean to interrupt your story. No, you're good. You come back from the study abroad. What happens after that? So I come back from the study abroad and uh, started my job. Like I said, I started with Marriott. I was in the Voyager program, which is like the manager Mm -hmm. and training program. And what year was this around? This is about 2018, 2019, I should say. Yes, early, early, I'm sorry. I started my Voyager program early 2019, in January. Nice. I came back. And uh, it's just been a great experience, you know, a lot of good learning, um, a lot of great experiences, you know, things that I didn't think that I would learn that I'm learning now, Um, you know, Marriott's a tremendous corporation, right, you know, and and a very expansive number one travel tourism company in the world, and they're only growing, you know, Mm -hmm. so for me that like that's that was imperative, you know, coming out of college, not necessarily on the money side. Because Ray, you know, like I'm, I'm entry level still, you know, so money, yeah. money's not, not, not the main priority. Um, but on the back end, it was about expanding and growth and understanding and how I could better myself as a young man and as a young chef. Uh, so that was one of the key factors in deciding, okay, 
which career path do I want to go into? And, and yeah. just a quick tidbit on that. The reason I actually went down to Miami, Florida for school was because I want to be on cruise ships. <laughs> I wanted to be a, I wanted to be a cruise chef. And uh, I, I learned very quickly that from a, from a professor, uh, he kind of sat me down and we had a, a quick discussion and he, he actually used to work on a cruise ship and he was just telling me different experiences, all great, um, all very positive. But, you know, he said, actually, you know, let, let's try different things before you go that route, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because there's, I was, I had a very singular mindset when it came to that. Like I said, man, I, I'm going to graduate from school, cruise ships right after, that's it. That's my career. You know, I, I will stay on the boat, travel, expand my, my palate. And that's it. So he, he kind of took my singular uh, mindset, one dimensional mindset, I should say, and expanded it. You know, it said, Ashton, there's an endless possibilities in this career. You know, you can, you don't have to stay in cooking. You really don't. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nutrition, there's dietetics, there's sommeliers, there's wine studies, tea studies, things like that. So, um, but to answer your question again, I know I'm, I'm no rambling. Um, came back to the Voyager program for a year and then got promoted into my current position, like I said, the senior calling arts manager. So I've been with Congrats. the company for three. Yeah, thank you, sir. I've been with the, um, been with the company for three years now. And it's like I said, just been a whirlwind, uh, been a great experience. But throughout that, those um, my tenure here, I've done different things like uh, cooking at the James Beard House, doing Food Network, going back to Italy and competing in an international competition. Uh, so things, different things like that. So like the extracurricular activities, I should say, have always taken place. Nice. No, that's cool to hear. A lot of or a couple of questions. Uh, you know, with. So I feel like we kind of had the same path in a sense uh, upon leaving college. So I also graduated in 2018 or 2018, okay. 20, started a management program in 2019 um, nice. with a restaurant group. And I remember like when I was grad for the longest time in college, for, up until maybe my last year, I wanted to be in Michelin. I wanted to be in fine dining. I wanted to work that whole route. Did you ever, did you ever want to do that first? Was that ever like for me, That's that was... Still- that's, that's still a heavy consideration. Absolutely. Heavy consideration. That's something I want to get into. Yeah, Michelin. Okay. Uh, I shouldn't say the end goal because you can always still evolve and get better. Mm-hmm. But that's definitely something throughout my career path that I want to get into on a on a very um important and you know priority basis. What made you go though more so the like when I think of the Voyager program, much like kind of another management program, you're looking mm-hmm. at management as a whole. You're getting that experience, and for me, that was like the biggest thing. I wanted to manage. I wanted to learn food costs. I wanted to learn how to schedule, and I was able to do that and manage a kitchen um, until uh, up until COVID hit. Um, sure. What What made you decide to go? Because most people, when they want to go that path, especially the path of fine dining, you you'd think you'd go work under someone who's very skillful, very you know, obviously like a Michelin star restaurant. But for you, sure. you chose kind of a path that was more business minded. We're able to get more experience, maybe on food costs or running a kitchen or ordering or having relationships with vendors and producers and. What made you decide to go that way instead of maybe a more traditional path? Because I, I, for me, I, obviously, I did the same route with management, and I learned Certainly. a lot, and it, it's definitely helped me so far. What made you decide decide to go that way? Well, to be honest with you, man, um, the the end goal for me, I shouldn't say end goal. Like I said, uh, the I, 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 the overall consensus that I would like to get into is more entrepreneurial. Okay. So learning how to do that, you know, I. I Cooking is universal, like I said, right? Yeah. You know, and learning how to cook is, is something that's near and dear to almost everybody. So the actual cooking side and being creative and learning the fundamentals is something that you can do over a progression of time. And you can also do this with business. But instead of a, a, uh, an apprenticeship, which you alluded to, you know, working under somebody, I chose the management side and the business side to learn it. Right. Mm-hmm. To, to be comfortable, to be I'm sorry, to be uncomfortable, to be comfortable later. Right. So when I am managing a chain of restaurant or my own restaurant or whatever the case may be, 
I, okay, I've been through this, you know, uh, but it might've been a different scenario, might've been a different establishment, but at least I learned it and I, and I know how to govern it and I know how to work it through. So that was integral for me, learning the business side, you know, developing business acumen, um, because I went to, like I said, I went to majority of my training has always been culinary focus, okay. which I think it definitely should be. Um, but on the back end, there has to be uh, some sort of a balance, especially if you want to own your own operation. And, and the greatest way to do that is through experience uh, for me, in my in my personal opinion. So, you know, I, I, I thrown around ideas. Do I want to go to master's in, in business school? Is it, my uh, school had an MBA program where I could have done that. I said, let's just go out there. Let me use my degree to work for me. And through that, that evolution, my Voyager program turned into an actual degree in itself. You know, mm. learning different things like that, connections, business acumen, like you said, how to learn financials, food costs, uh, how to um, contact purveyors, speak with them and, and develop meetings, things like that. Things that aren't really heavily enforced uh, from a culinary perspective because it's so food related. Yeah. But on the back end, you know, that you that you need to know, you know, if you don't know these things, you know, your, your business isn't really know, in my personal opinion, isn't going to run very efficiently. And, you know, nobody goes, gets into the business without, a, you know, wanting to run efficiently, whether it's from a food truck perspective, private chef, or even a large corporation. So that was for me, right? Uh, just learning the business side, because the overall goal is to own and operate. Yeah, I mean, I think we have a, I think a lot of people in food, especially people that are younger, um, like, you know, when I was in college, for example, around that age, 18, 19, you know, we get very, uh, get very like captured by the, 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 like the actual cooking part of things. Um, right. and we don't like when I started my management and training position, I was able to do it in New York city. I was, I was training in Manhattan, um, Wonderful. which is, you know, the restaurant was, is, I mean, it's still there. It, it, it does well in Manhattan, you know, it's a, sure. it, it's a busy, it's a busy, busy city and Absolutely. being, you know, seeing my mentor at the time being able to order and schedule and you know deal with all the crazy like every day it's something especially in new york it's always something whether it's a vendor or someone calls out and like that's like cooking yes you need to you need to have skills and like you know you see someone like grant Atkins and the work he does like you need like if you really want to be at that three michelin star level you have to have that dedication but that's like not the only thing and a lot of the times when you're managing uh operation that is that's like maybe 30 percent at that point of what you're doing 20 percent. you need to know how to manage people how to have you know good communication how to p- treat people fairly uh, how to set expectations how to set guidelines how to write prep lists for every station bigger right. bigger picture like you said food costs liquor costs um sure. you know all that stuff how to manage in situations where things don't go right because when you're managing a restaurant every day there's something that's not going to go right it's like absolutely that should be a part of your game plan so and i think yeah. a lot of times when people are coming up um, through food. And I want to say coming up as if I'm older, I'm only 24, but I just, from my experience, I didn't realize how important all that other things, all those other things were. And that's why I'm grateful. I chose that route as I'm sure you are, because that's a big, that's such a big skill set that you don't get if you're just working on the line and you're, Certainly. and you want to own your own business or manage a business. Right. And I think that's to your point, that's something that, especially in our generation, right. That, that you know, the young generation still the, the young chefs rising up you know, we, we get distracted in, um, because there's such temptation at a very, like, own, 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 you know, mm-hmm. start, start your, you know, and we're in this startup kind of world now, right? Yeah. You know, where there's so many different startups popping up and that because of the advent of technology, especially social media. So whether it's Instagram <clears throat> leveraging your business there or Facebook leveraging your business, whatever the case may be, LinkedIn mm-hmm. doing even like a podcast like this, whatever the case may be, you know, it's always own, own, own. And through that, 
majority of the times those startups really happen because of an experience or because of an event. So a lot of like my personal, you know, colleagues, they're starting their own, you know, ghost kitchens or, you know, private dining or whatever, in part mainly because of COVID and the the pandemic. But prior to that, I was like, oh, Ashton, I'm just, you know, cooking meals out of my dorm room just to make ends meet for the, you know, because there's always something that stimulates that. Yeah. Um, so from a business perspective, you hit it right on the head, man. It's extremely important to learn all those attributes and, and know them and understand them well enough. That way you can translate that to somebody else. Yeah. I mean, I think a big part of my personality is if I get interested in something, I really want to pursue it. Um, Absolutely. And I also get interested in a lot of things. And it can be, a, uh, it can hold you back if you're into too many things, but with my career so far, I've been in restaurant management. And then once COVID hit, I really went into kind of more food and tech and now kind of, um, you know, food manufacturing, uh, research and development type role. Um, and I really enjoy it. Um, and I think it's like important. I don't know. I think for me, I, for the longest time, all I wanted to do was own a restaurant. And right now at this point in my career, I really don't know what I want to do. I mean, like long, like I want to be like, I want to be managing in food business in some way. But I'm sure. at a point right now where I'm just tasting kind of all these different things and obviously the food media stuff. But, you know, it seems like you kind of have that same curiosity where, yes, you're with Marriott, you're in a position where you're obviously managing and you're doing well. But it's like, you know, going on trips to Italy, staying curious. Well, how like how did like just talk to me about like, your curiosity and kind of how that is. Because For me, it's like when I get into something, I really like I need to dive into it. Are you the same way? Certainly. Absolutely. I think, you know, the curiosity has to stay. It has to stay. And it, and it doesn't just have to stay. It has to evolve. It has to get better. Right. Mm-hmm. And because as a as a chef in particular, there's right. I mean, you know, as well as anybody, there's thousands of cuisines, mm-hmm. millions of ingredients. I don't think any chef in their right mind should ever limit themselves to just one one attribute, you know, because there's always something that you can evolve. And, and with fusion, you know, you can do that. So creating um, and, and curating, I should say, a creative and curious mind is essential to what we do, whether you're on the line or you're a chef or in, even in business management, there's always different practices that you can do. You can adopt different things on how you can go about and, and do different things like that. So like for me, staying curious has always been, you know, a, a very important. I think what I'm getting into now is more nutrition based. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of made a switch into a vegetarian lifestyle um, primarily nice. about two years ago, and that's focused more so on nutrition and dietetics dietetics and how those two you know coexist and understanding that and learning that this is an entire world that i wasn't privy of you know prior to learning you know different culinary techniques and things like that so again staying curious you know watching reading i'm sorry watching uh movies shows reading books understanding documentaries speaking to chefs uh, going to conventions all of that you know it it makes you a well-rounded person for one Mm -hmm. and also it brings you a a step up in the game, you know, um, and, it, you know, your, your candidacy goes, it skyrockets, you know, it makes you more attractive in, in all, in all different, in all different facets, you know, like someone who's more one dimensional can only stay in that arena for so long, you know, where, and I'm, we're starting to see that, you know, where you have to learn different skill sets at a rapid rate in order to stay above and, yeah. and try to maintain different things. So for me, yeah, man, I, oh my gosh, curiosity. I never want to landlock myself, if you will, into a certain type of cuisine or management style. Is always you, you can always better your best, you know, because um, practice makes progression. You know, mm-hmm. there is never a state of perfection. You know, you can always get better. You can always improve. I think that's the that's the the main ethos, especially with Marriott and also with me. Yeah. No. I, I mean, I would definitely 
agree with that sentiment and just being able to adapt. You know, I, the right now, yeah, the job market, obviously it's a, it's a worker's world right now, just due to how much there is like open wise and, um, even kind of what you can learn and what you can apply yourself to. But, you know, maybe in five to 10 years, like, I don't know. I kind of said this in a podcast about a year ago. It might not be good enough to just be able to, to like cook, you know, like you see a lot of workers now, like getting cross trained on, you know, whether it's like looking at reservation systems or whatnot. And it's not like it's going to be like you need a degree or anything, but I've seen a lot of people get savvy, like, especially like line cooks, just getting into, you know, yeah. Okay. They're, they're cooking, but they're also learning, you know, what a little bit of front of house and they're able to move and adapt because who knows what the next five to 10 years is going to bring in food. Um, for sure. So it's definitely interesting. I want to talk about the ACF a little bit, um, because I, you know, obviously you're a part of the ACF, and I. It's interesting for me because the ACF obviously is a very has a very important role in the industry. Um, but how, you know, what what does the ACF do to kind of appeal to the, the next generation? Because I feel like when I think of the ACF, I think of kind of like you know the older guard or the older establishment. Right. Uh, how do you so, see the ACF evolving to kind of meet in with this new generation of chefs? Absolutely. I think what the ACF has done, especially in the last two years, um, is directly that, you know, cater to the younger generation for in most part because it thoroughly believes in that the mentorship. Right? That's one of the main main core characteristics of the ACF is to pass down what they've learned onto us. Like you said, you know, that, that old guard, um, older guard, I should say, mm-hmm. is full of knowledge, full of knowledge, full of perspective, you know, full of technique. Um, and they understand that a shift has to be made, you know, a, sh- a dynamic shift mm. has to be made. And, uh, you know, there's younger chefs, you know, like myself, like yourself, you know, and, uh, and different people um, that really care about this this trade and want to see it progress and want to see it thrive and not just survive. So, you know, what the ACF is doing in a large part is appealing to more so school systems. Um, they believe heavily in coexisting with ProStart and DECA and different teams like that mm. or organizations like that and teaming up and starting at a fundamental level and introducing it and, and believing in uh, apprenticeship. And then from there, it's like they're, they have like different tiers, you know, right? So like you're in high school, you learn the fundamentals, right? Um, mm-hmm. You have an opportunity for certification, you know, so certification is huge as well. And then, I, you know, out of high school, whether you go straight into college or you want to do a trade, apprenticeship, abroad, whatever the case may be, they're also heavy influence in that, just in terms of staying abreast in what you're doing, um, what resources do you need? So in large part, it's like a 50-50, to be honest with you. It, it takes the, the younger chef, the younger generation, um, the initiative and the innovation um, to reach out, right? And, and to understand that connections just don't happen from a, from one side, you know, it, it needs both, but there mm-hmm. has to be a, a, a you know, forceful emphasis beginning and then also, um, from a stance from the ACF, they have to be able to be readily available and have the resources and to appeal to the younger generation. I think that's what they're doing, you know, more than anything. And uh, the new president of the ACF, Chef Kimberly Brock Brown, uh, her and I, um, I've, I've, I'm sorry, she has just taken taking heed of this and has put in so many different, you know, innovations and implementations um, into developing systems for the younger generation to be to be more abreast. So um, the ACF, man, and just in large part has been very integral in my growth. Awesome. No, it's good to hear. Uh, and I hope to see more of a, you know, more of a growth and kind of younger uh, talent in the ACF because I think, you know, like, like, like you said, like I said, like, I think a lot of people when they think of the ACF, it's kind of like, Oh, you have to be at a certain level um, right. in age and, you know, in status, a chef. Uh, but For sure. you know, it could be something where a cook, you know, like you said, there's tears and like moving up. So I exactly. think, I think it's important. Um, 
so you know we kind of talked about your career we've talked about kind of thoughts on the industry and so kind of what are your thoughts over the next few years you know obviously this the last year and a half have been kind of crazy with covid and everything else going on how how were you during that time how did you kind of adapt and kind of did covid change you know we're still obviously in a pandemic but sure coming out of the last year and a half how we've adapted has it kind of changed your goals have it has it changed your viewpoints on the industry what what's been going on with you over the last year and a half Certainly. I, I shouldn't say it changed. I should say uh, it strengthened, um, you know, my, my viewpoint and perspective wholeheartedly. I'm mm-hmm. um, actually during during the pandemic. I started my own business and uh, I launched my um, my own YouTube culinary series beyond the plate. Yep. And basically it's just a culinary series where I just teach novice chefs, young chefs, um, you know, home cooks, if you will, you know, how to make different things. So such as like a vinaigrette mm-hmm. or a mayonnaise, just small things like that, you know, things that people outside of the uh, ordinary culinary industry will probably buy at a, you know, at a, a grocery store. So having the ability to say like, hey, you know, if you have a couple lemons, some oil, and, uh, you know, Dijon mustard, let's make a vinaigrette, you know, things like that, and some salt and pepper, household, you know, staple ingredients. Yeah. So, yeah, and, and it will probably last longer, taste better, things like that, and be yeah. more overall nutritious for you. Um, so that was something that I didn't think that I would get into at that at that start, but the pandemic, you know, I, I think offered a lot of people a different perspective and a different, you know, um, outlook on life wholeheartedly, especially from our industry. And it, to be honest with you, Ray, I think it um, uncovered a lot of hidden, um, I shouldn't say hidden, but low key kind of factors that our industry has kind of downplayed in a while, yep. you know, such as work-life balance and um, offering better pay and benefits and things like that. Um, you know, I, of course, I, I I don't own a business or run a business mm-hmm. on, on a, you know, on that magnitude. So I can't speak, you know, for, for what that looks like on paper. But I, I can say that, you know, a lot of my colleagues, they have shifted out of this and have done different things like and have tapped into different industries and networks just because of they want to they want something different you know they want something new and these are people that have for the latter part of their life dedicated a lot of it to culinary arts so for me um the the like i said strengthened um, my knowledge strengthened my core perspective just on a lot of things i was able to like i said launch my business um and and just develop you know the llc and just strengthen you know this, yeah. this all happened after i was on food network and then I was like, man, like, you know, we're going to have a great time. And then boom, boom, right when it happened, COVID happened. Um, so it was it was a blessing in disguise, right, to be honest with you. And I, I don't mean that to say arrogantly, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, uh, it was just truly a, an opportunity to slow down and re- recalibrate my thinking to understand that there are different avenues and to say, Ashton, you know, where, where do you want to go? So I'm in the same boat, man. You know, there's so many different avenues and things to do why stifle myself just into one one thing you know there's traveling is one is one curiosity food and beverage management technology there's so many different things so during that during that time it was really an opportunity for growth it really was and and to strengthen it and to to reach out you know i have a, a great network of chefs here in the cleveland area and working with them and collaborating with them has been amazing awesome thank you for sharing that absolutely uh, so now would be kind of the time before we, you know, as we start to wrap things up, you know, you mentioned beyond the plate, uh, where can people find you online? Where can people find you on social media? Um, Certainly. So I'm on uh, pretty much all platforms except Twitter. Um, my main profile is Ashton Garrett. And then uh, if you go on YouTube, you can look up beyond the plate or Ashton M. Garrett and it'll go straight into my YouTube channel. I'm also, I have a website, www.chefashton.com where you can just find everything right there. So that's, that's easier. Uh, but yeah, if you want to follow me, 
I follow back. Don't worry about that. And, uh, you know, we can have a conversation, talk about food, life, whatever the case is. And I, I love to love to always connect. I think that's the, the gateway to the future is connections and how we can build networks and um, how we can all bring something to the table. And because uh, that's that's the most essential part is bringing something to the table, regardless of what color or race, ethnicity. You know, let's let's just all let's cook. And that's my mantra is, is let's cook. Awesome. I love it. Let's cook. It's a good yes, mantra sir. to live by. Um, Always. Man. Let's cook. <laughs> Always. Now you've been on the show. Uh, you're obviously speaking to the Wine Cook Nation, the audience uh, that, you know, listens to the show that follows along on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, a group of chefs, cooks, people, and food that just want to learn and grow with each other. So now that you've been on the show and you're speaking to this audience, what does that mean to you? It's a great experience, and it always is. You know, speaking speaking power, right? Speaking power, whatever it is, and speaking your truth. You know, I, I'm I'm here because of my experiences. I'm here because of um, the people that have that have worked tremendously hard to put me in this position. And uh, it would be uh, I shouldn't necessarily say vindictive, but it, it you know, it, it would be, um, I would be foolish, you know, to not try to give my best effort, you know, on an everyday basis to help them. So having opportunities like this, right, you know, where you put in place to speak to a larger audience and to encapsulate so many other people and to help bring them in and knowledge. And what this is, is all knowledge and knowledge and perspective and knowledge is power. Um, excuse me, knowledge has the potential to become power. It's truly what somebody on the other end receiving this decides to do with it and vice versa. You know, things that I've learned from you today, I would like to implement in my everyday structure, you know, because of this exchange. Um, and, and that's that's really so beautiful. So to have a podcast and to have a position of, um, you know, narrative like what you do um, from a journalistic standpoint is imperative. So I applaud you for, for what you're doing. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, man. That means a lot. I mean, that's, you know, that's the best part about this job is getting to meet new people. I should say Absolutely. job. Uh, best part about this, uh, this side, whatever it is. Opportunity. Yeah. Getting to meet new people, getting to talk and get, yeah. Like you said, getting to kind of just record and um, yeah, no, it's definitely a, a cool thing, but uh, yeah, well, thank you for coming on the show and um, just really looking forward to, you know, what your career has in store and looking forward to seeing you grow. Ray, it's a pleasure. And uh, whenever you're in the New York area, I don't, are you based in New York? Uh, so right now I'm in Maryland. Uh, I do, I do okay. visit New York once in a while, so. Okay. So whenever, you know, you're in New York, uh, I visit there probably, you know, pretty frequently. So we can definitely get together and, oh, yeah. and talk more. So it's a pleasure and an honor. Thank you so much, Ray. And uh, I look forward to it. Thank you. Awesome. So we're, I'll stop recording real quick. So there you have it, the interview with Ashton M. Garrett. Thank you all so much for listening once again. If you want to join the World Central Kitchen and Line Cook Thoughts fundraiser, the running fundraiser, running 40 miles in the month of October to honor 40 million meals served in COVID-19 relief, please DM me on Instagram, email me at linecookthoughts at outlook.com and help me raise funds and awareness for World Central Kitchen by Chef Jose Andres. Also, if you're listening on Apple, please leave a review. It means so much if you left a review. It doesn't need to be a five-star review, but yet an honest review of the podcast and what your thoughts are of it so it helps me get better and helps me get more exposure lastly if you actually want to see this podcast on video uh, go to youtube line cook thoughts youtube channel started link in the description and you'll be able to start watching uh, the podcast interviews moving forward thank you all so much once again i know there's a lot going on with weather with covid so just like i said at the beginning of the episode and every episode i hope you all are staying well hope you're staying safe and i'll see you on the next line cook thoughts podcast